my name is Julie Turney, and this is the HR Sound Off Podcast Show, the show created for HR and business professionals to discuss pertinent topics and trends as it relates to our professions. We're going to have amazing conversations with HR professionals from all over the world, get to learn their origin stories. How did they get into this profession? What do they love about being here? And how they want to set the record straight on that one misconception that really drives them crazy about our profession. Are you ready? I'm ready. Then let's sound off. Hi, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of the HR Sound Off podcast show. How are you doing today? I hope you're doing well. My name is Julie Turney, and I am your host, sharing HR stories and experiences. And today I am so excited. I've been waiting for a while to have this conversation with this lady, and I am so excited today that we're able to do that. So I want to welcome to the sound booth Lillian Fung. Lillian, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Julie. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I'm so excited to be here and to meet you on the screen finally, because we've known each other for a while. A while. Yes. (laughs) Tell everyone how we met. Um, let's see if I, if memory serves, we met through Twitter Twitter. as one of those hashtag HR community call for help, I think. Mm -hmm. And a bunch of people responded to, um, the question you were asking. I was one of them. And then you uh, circle back and you're like, oh, that was so helpful and kind of stay connected since. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. And I always tell people like the power of there are two places that I think are super powerful for HR professionals to connect. I truly believe in the power of LinkedIn. And I also believe in the power of Twitter and being able to like ask questions of the HR community and get different responses. But yes, and I'm so glad that you answered. and I'm so glad we stayed connected. And I'm excited to have this conversation with you today. Yeah, thank you. Me too. So let's tell everyone, who is Lillian Fung? And what has your HR career looked like? And how did you get here? Um, Who am I? (laughs) Uh, I'm a mix of a lot of things. Mm -hmm. I'll try to narrow it down to I identify myself as a gen one and a half Asian American female. And I define as one and a half because I realized that even though I'm not born in the States, mm-hmm. um, I wasn't born in the States. I'm not, I'm not really fully just a gen one Asian or first right. generation because I grew up here, right? The U S culture and everything here is all that I know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe that that dual or multicultural experience actually add a lot of value in me being an HR professional because I'm able to see from a variety of perspective when I'm looking at a situation and find different ways, um, creative ways to resolve certain um, problems or really people conflict, right? Being able to have that uh, perspective of how's this person feeling versus, you know, what someone think they're feeling and going through Mm -hmm. awesome and were you the kind of person that chose HR or did HR choose you I chose HR right (laughs) so how did that happen (laughs) um so this is a 
Wow. Wow. Uh, over a decade ago. Um, so one of the things growing up Asian is that um, parents tend to push you to pursue a, uh, a more, I would say, strenuous <laughs> academic route. So yeah. it's, oh, when are you going to get your bachelor? When are you getting your MBA? When are you getting your PhD? And I remember talking to my parents at one point after I got my undergrad uh-huh. that I'm going to pursue my MBA at some point. And it, I, I would say it was about maybe four years after I graduated college. Okay. Um, parents, my parents kept coming back and asked me that same question. When are you going to get your MBA? When are you going to get an MBA? And I'm thinking to myself, like, I have to do something with this degree. Um, and I took a step back and really take stock of my skill sets and what I was really good at. And it came down to project management because I like the the process, the journey of um, making something happen and also um, just organizing and planning things. Um, And I was really good at that. And the other aspect was um, maybe HR because I'm really good with working with people. Um, I'm able to really read people very well. I'm able to communicate in a way where um, even in a difficult subject, people understand um, not so much where I'm coming from, but that I understand where they're coming from. So I was told that I'm really good at building rapport very quickly. Okay. So it's really come down to those two avenues. And I chose to pursue HR. And Mm -hmm. being this was over a decade ago, HR degree on its own wasn't really a thing. So it was an MBA Mm -hmm. with an HR focus. So I made my parents happy and I get to pursue something that I was very interested in. Right. Which is um, somewhat unusual, right? Because I mean, when we are usually doing things that our, our parents are pushing us towards, and this is a conversation that I've had with quite a few people, Um, especially people who became doctors. They Mm. became doctors because that's the career their parents wanted them to be in. And so you kind of think about, well, now that I've got this doctorate, what am I going to do with it to realize I don't even want to be a doctor. I got it for my parents. Did did you feel that kind of way with with getting your MBA? I would say because I made that conscious decision to choose to focus in HR mm-hmm. when while I was pursuing the MBA, I didn't. Okay. Yes. Um, but while I was an undergrad, I definitely did because yeah. I started my college journey, college career <laughs> um, <laughs> as pre-med bio major. Oh, and wow. I was on track to become a doctor. I didn't. Mm. I didn't know specifically what I wanted to do being yes, a doctor, yes. but that was the goal. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I know it's one of those things that you kind of struggle with when you get to that stage, like, am I doing mm-hmm. this for my parents or am I doing this for me? But I'm glad that you were able to, you know, figure that out and navigate your career to where you wanted it to go. So I got to ask you, like, what, what are you doing now? What, where has your career led you to now? So what is your position? How long sure. have you been in it? I am currently an HR manager at a startup uh, fintech, mm-hmm. and I've been in this position for about a year now. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
I've actually also been pursuing leadership coaching. I've actually been coaching in, mainly in cohort groups um, for, oh, wow, coming up almost a year, nice. one shy of a year, mm-hmm. but I find myself not talking about it as much. Well, here uh, we go. <laughs> <laughs> the focus has really been on HR, uh-huh. um, but I, I do bring coaching tools and whatnot into um, the company that I'm working at right now, right. really just to, um, one of my goals was to help the managers be more equipped yes. in how they interact with their direct reports and really hone in on the relationship building, not just relationship management aspect. And that's really cool because I think for a lot of us as HR professionals, developing that coaching mindset versus that teaching mindset of Mm -hmm. like, you know, just showing people what to do. Whereas coaching, you're giving people the tools so that they can do it for themselves Mm -hmm. and develop and grow themselves, I think is a shift that a lot of us in the HR space are are trying to make now because many people come from that space of, you don't know what you're doing. Let me tell you, this is how you do it. Versus, you know, what do you think? And what do you think you should do? How do you think you should do it? Which is now more coaching style. What are your thoughts on that? (laughs) Definitely. And I think that many companies are still, it's still so fresh. I think bringing it into a company or workplace setting, because I, the way that I see it is traditionally work is very fast paced, not so much in a way that is always really efficient and productive, but it's the, well, you have a problem now you have to figure out how to solve it. So it's a very, it has been a very um, reactive process in my opinion, based Mm -hmm. on what I've observed, right, especially from the seat of HR. And the coaching process requires everyone to really slow down and think Think. more deeply and more critically, too, on what are we doing? Why are we doing this the way that we're doing it? Mm -hmm. And is it even really working? Or it just seemed to work, because it's solving the problem right now, but it's not sustainable long term as a Mm -hmm. solution. Mm -hmm. So I think that's why many companies, um, I wouldn't say shy away, but resist yeah. coaching a mm-hmm. bit because it takes time and time. really takes yeah. effort. Yeah, absolute effort and commitment, right? So yes, and patience. also in patience, and it also requires you to get uncomfortable. And a lot of people are not ready to get to that space where their their style their work style their leadership style is being questioned Mm -hmm. and then being um nudged gently nudged into a space of well let's try to make it more palatable for the people that you're leading so yeah but that's great i wish you every success of that you should talk about it more definitely Thank you. Thank you for the encouragement. You're I'm working welcome. out my courage to really boast about it more. Wonderful. Wow. <laughs> Here's a start. And I think you're doing a great job. So talk about it more. <laughs> Thanks, Julie. You're welcome. So I want to ask you before we move on, in terms of your HR career, what are some of the challenges that you have had? I know we talked a little bit about it before we went on air, but what are some of the challenges that you've had as an HR professional in terms of um, burnout and compassion fatigue in your, in your career? What are some of the challenges you've had with that? 
I think it's really the non-HR folks in the company don't fully understand what HR really means yeah. for one. Mm-hmm. And I would say, you know, to your part of it, I, I take ownership because I've, I've always believed that as an HR professional, there is, we are responsible to educate the workforce of yeah. what we're doing, what's on our plate, mm-hmm. right? But the challenge, one of the challenges I face is that there's this lack of resource, um, basically help and support to take care of the workload. They, it, it may not be filled with very difficult, challenging things, but it's very high in volume. Yes. So something's got to give, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So that's, I would say one of the challenges that I encounter being in my position um, at work right now is just there's so much to do and there's pretty much just me and a quarter, sometime a half of the other person because I do have support, but they're stretched thin as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And I mean, as a human, you just have so much bandwidth as far as your physical energy and mental capability to stretch, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So that's something that I've experienced, really the workload and um, not enough really help to stretch them and delegate the distribute them yeah yeah um the way that I've been navigating to get my own support is a good amount of it is really outside of work Mm -hmm. um I would say being able to stay connected with the HR community that we have on social has been very helpful because it reminds me that I'm not alone. And oftentimes I really just have to reach out and use the hashtag, you know, to, to ask for support and get Mm -hmm. it. Yeah. It's really amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, I also dedicated, well, I I told myself that this year, 2022, I'm going to commit on my mental well-being. So another way that I created support for myself is basically started working with a therapist. Mm-hmm. It's just another outlet to, for me to talk about what's going through my mind. Yes. Um, and I would say my spouse, Roger, is a very strong support structure for me too. He's heard me just going on about things that <laughs> anxiety yes. about work and things I worry about. Props to the partners and the spouses. Exactly. Definitely. Definitely. Um, So so those are some of the things that I've been doing um, consistently and more so to help me just really balance out what's going on at work. Mm -hmm. There's so much that you said there that I totally agree with. I think that sometimes as you operate as a department of one, it just gets so heavy. It becomes Mm -hmm. so much. And even though you may have some form of support um the bandwidth is not always there Mm -hmm. and then also in terms of like advocating for yourself sometimes I think we have challenges with that um in getting that additional support from leadership but just recognizing that our job is like part work like part physical labor and then the other part of it is emotional intelligence Mm -hmm. and that coming with that 
is very can be very heavy in itself. And yeah, I truly believe major props to to our partners and our spouses for supporting us and hearing us and you know sometimes giving us answers, sometimes not just being that soundboard. Um, yeah. I know throughout my career, I don't know what I would have done without my husband a lot of times when I'm feeling stressed out about something and being able to talk it through with him. So I totally get you there. I 100% advocate for therapy. I Having a therapist 100% helped me a lot through my burnout extra, um, experiences as well. And having mm. that person to listen and then having my coach um, help me as well. So yeah, I totally agree with you. And I celebrate you for you know your hard work your efforts your energy but recognizing the importance of taking care of you and putting the necessary steps in place to do that as well and kudos to our hr community because we have a very awesome community yes yes and i i mean i celebrate you too i saw your post today about um anxiety anxiety what it looks like and you know, some of those things, I, I, I'm not going to say I experience everything because yeah. it's a lot, but yeah. definitely some points that, that resonate with me, um, because I've lived it. Right. So I appreciate you and many other HR professionals and coaches who, who support the community because you give these tools and these insight, um, really to create awareness. So thank you. Yes, thank you. My pleasure. My absolute pleasure. Tell us, Lillian, what are you reading, watching, listening to right now that you think our audience would benefit from? Ooh, I prepare this one for you. <laughs> okay, go for it. So, Let's do it. Um, Let me see. Okay. I gotta cut up my Amazon cart. It's not all really HR related. That's and fine. I, I feel like there's just so much information about HR with yeah. all the webinars and conferences that we have access to. Yep. So the books that I've been picking up, um, one of them is called Radical Acceptance mm-hmm. by Tara Brock. Um, mm-hmm. It's really about embracing yourself with compassion and care. Yeah. Um, and there's a bunch of really cool takeaways and golden nuggets of knowledge in here. Um, I really enjoy this book. I'm halfway through. Uh-huh. Um, the other book that I often go back to is The Coaching Habit by yes. Michael Bungay Stanier. I think mm-hmm. I love that book name correctly. Yes, because it's all about what we were saying, just asking questions and listening yeah. versus giving the answers, exactly. right? Exactly. Um, and another one is High Performance Habits by Brennan Burchard. Mm-hmm. So this mm-hmm. is another great, I, I see it as a tool book. Yeah. Um, because there are just so many different things in here that you can practice and, and apply in real life. It's not just theories. Mm-hmm. Nice. So those are the top three that I have for you. <laughs> oh, thank you. I, I have read The Coaching Habit maybe about twice. And it's a, one of those books that as a coach, I really need to read it every year. So mm. yeah, there's some books that I read every year in, mm. a, in a miss the books that I'm reading that are completely new. Um, mm. But that's one of those books that I feel I need to read every year for sure, especially as a coach. Yeah. But thank you so much for sharing those. I will definitely be picking some of those up um, from Amazon for sure, for sure. Last, I want to ask you, 
if you could give your younger self now entering the HR space advice, what advice would you, would you give to yourself? I would say, take it slow. Like I would tell myself, my younger self that you don't have to rush through everything. You don't have to overextend yourself to learn everything about HR all at once because the field is just so vast. Mm -hmm. You know, most people think, oh, HR, you know, you hire and you fire people. And that's still the perception to this day. Um, But there's benefits, there's employee experience, there's culture development, there's coaching now, right? Especially now now there's mental well-being and so on so there's just so much in HR that you know just take it slow and absorb create your opportunity to really learn um, about areas of interest and really just go from there Um, definitely reach out and connect with other HR pros Um, you don't have to be like a tenured professional in HR to be part of the community. You can be someone who is fresh out of college or wherever, you know, at the stage of life you're in, um, starting out in HR, maybe just, just be a part of it and and be involved, Mm -hmm. you know, don't just like sign up and be um, a member, but really be an active contributor in the community. I love that. That's great advice, especially about building your community, because I find some of us wait a long time before we start to build our community. But Mm. the earlier you can do that, the better for sure. And taking it slow. I love that. I love that. Take it all in. Take it slow. Beautiful. The big question, Lillian, what's the biggest misconception about HR that really bothers you that you want to set the record straight on right here, right now? This question gave me so much to think about, Julie, because there's so much. I know, I know. know, The perception (laughs) that people have about what HR is. Yes. And what HR really is and what we do when we're in the seat. Um, One thing that I would say show up as I'm reading this and I keep coming back to it, even though there are just a million other thoughts um, happening, I would say is that it's not HR's responsibility to address people conflict. Mm. And what I mean by that is when I think managers, leaders look at employee issues, someone having a disagreement, or they're not behaving as a professional as they expect it to be, it often seems to fall in HR's lap Mm -hmm. to resolve, address, or discipline this individual. What I'm seeing working more effectively is really HR is the facilitator, right? Uh, a resource to help managers have the the tool, the support that they need to create and develop these 
relationships yeah. with their people. Mm-hmm. And that's really how you develop and build trust. Yeah. Um, it's not HR's responsibility to mend the broken um, interaction or engagement. Yeah. Right. So I would say the misconception is, oh, HR can fix it. Mm-hmm. No, you go to HR to get the support and help when you feel that basically you need to be prepared to engage in um, a relationship yeah. right? at the start of how to develop it, not just like when it's already um, deteriorating. Yeah. That is a really good one. Here's why, because like you said, I think so many organizations and leaders in organizations truly do feel that HR is the school nurse. Mm. You could just go to the school nurse and get the band-aid and, you know, take a lie down and it'll be okay. And you feel that as leaders in organizations, when there is conflict, oh, go see the school nurse, go to HR, (laughs) figure this out. I don't want to deal with that, you know? Mm -hmm. I totally, totally get that. But no, that's not the answer. You know, we're just there to provide the support and give you the tools to help you deal with it. And a lot of times, because too, we're not working with those people exactly on a day-to-day basis, but you are. So you need to know your people and be able to handle those issues. What do you do when your kids disagree? If you have children, if you're a parent, like do you send them (laughs) off to your parents and say, deal with them? (laughs) No, (laughs) you deal with them, right? Right. Yeah. So same principles apply. Deal with your kids. <laughs> Definitely. It's, it's that relationships. Like I don't have any contacts of what happened. I yeah. cannot speak to it. Even though you think I can just wave a magic wand and it will be resolved. That's not the reality or the case. No, definitely not. Yeah. We are not Tinkerbell. You are not Peter Pan. <laughs> no. Be <laughs> cool to fly though. I know, right? <laughs> Something I always wanted to do. Awesome. Oh, my goodness. This was a great conversation. But with that, Lillian Fung, you have survived your time in the sound booth today. I want to thank you so much for your time, your knowledge, your energy, your warmth. This is really a great conversation. The door is always open. Feel free to come back anytime and and have a conversation with us. Uh, Thank you, Julie. And thanks for hosting this. This is wonderful. My pleasure. As long as people get something out of each episode, that's going to make them feel a little more confident about being in their space and owning their HR careers. I'm happy to serve. (laughs) Very cool. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining me for this episode of HR Sound Off. I hope that you found it useful. You can find this and all of the episodes of HR Sound Off on all major podcast platforms. Spotify, Apple, Amazon, you name it, we're there. Remember, HR Sound Off is created by HR professionals for HR professionals. If you would like to share your story, then reach out to us and let us know. Make sure to hit the notification bell and subscribe to HR Sound Off on YouTube as well as Podbean. And we'll see you again when we next sound off.